You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. Today's scripture comes from Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he, for he has risen. And he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, New City Fellowship. My name is Joseph Cooper. I'm one of the pastors here at New City. And I have this morning the privilege to preach the Resurrection Sunday. What, what a powerful worship we just experienced, right? I mean, who has to preach after that? <laughs> Praise God, we've already been to church. We already searched the scriptures. We already worship our great God. Thank you, Brian and the worship team. Thank you for leading us in such a great worship this morning. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you for your word, and we ask that by your spirit you open our eyes to understand it. Speak to our hearts of this great truth and of the resurrection. May we be strengthened by it. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot of things that I love about Easter. I don't know about you, but I love Easter dinner. How many of you have already planned, already know what you're going to have for Easter dinner? I'm looking forward to having Easter dinner uh, with my family. And then there is the Easter egg hunt. Listen, I can remember years ago when my grandkids were like 12 and 13 grandkids, and they were all at the age where they would enjoy Easter egg hunt. And every year, my wife would be so excited about going out, buying everybody, you're talking about 12, 13 now, buying everybody an Easter egg basket. She made sure that each grandkid had an Easter egg basket, and she made sure that we had plenty of dyed eggs to, to hide them in the backyard, and then she would invite everybody over. What a time we had. We had a good time watching the kids run around, watching the kids find the Easter eggs. 
And then I, I don't know about every culture, but I know in my culture, it was dressing up for Easter Sunday. Man, you guys haven't seen nothing. <laughs> dressing up for Easter Sunday, I tell you what, my closet was so full of suits, I had a closet just full of suits because every Easter Sunday, there was a new suit to wear. And there was a new pair of shoes to put on. And your socks had to match what you was wearing. So you're talking about laid out. Man, we was laid out. And the women's, they would just go and shop and shop. Everybody came in with new dresses. Now, I don't know whether that was to impress the Lord, because you can't impress him by your outward appearance, because he look in our hearts, right? But I'm pretty sure we oppress each other. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, man. But listen. Some old news, right? But first, Easter morning. It shows us the resurrection of Christ. This past year have been, uh, we have been dealing with the fear of death, and it has affected our lives greatly. How has it affected our lives? Well, social distancing. How about isolation? How about not going in to work? All this is because of the fear of death. How about not going into work? How about not having a job to go to? How about not even attending a church service is shut down? All that's because of the fear of death. We need to hear this morning about Jesus defeating death and sin for us. Amen. The last enemy so that we can be reminded that we have the victory over the grave. It is about the new life and the eternal life that we can live in Christ. The resurrection of Jesus itself is never described anywhere in the scripture. Did you know that? The resurrection of Jesus is never described anywhere in the four gospels. Presumably because no one never saw Jesus exit the tomb. Not a single person beheld the moment when Jesus birthed forth from the grave on that first Easter morning. What do you think it would have been like to observe the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave? This morning I have a poor illustration, but it's an illustration at least. <laughs> the beauty and the beast. I'm pretty sure all of you are familiar with the beauty and the beast. And just as the beast is turning him back into a human, we see his body is lifted up, right? And he is somehow magically transformed back into a man. Witness Jesus being transformed in the grave. I believe that you have not seen it, or nobody have never seen it anywhere in Scripture. I believe it's because you would not be able to partake. You would not be able to see the glory and the majesty of our great God. 
But one thing you can count on, no one witnessed the resurrection, but many has experienced it. I know for myself I can say that, and I believe everyone sitting here that is a believer in Christ Jesus can say the same. No one can explain the resurrection, but you feel the effects of it. A few minutes ago when the when they were singing about Jesus and how he is resurrected from the dead and about the blood that never loses its power. Oh, I just felt a surge in me. I felt the glory of God coming upon me to say hallelujah, praise be to our God for what he has done. Because I know and understand what he has done in my life. Because now we are to live a resurrected life. Listen, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary and the disciples did not witness the actual resurrection, but they witnessed the results of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And even that, they could not forget the open tomb and his pierced hands and his wounded side. The living Christ had a and wonder. My hope is not passage will remind us to revisit the empty tomb each Sunday, not just Easter Sunday, Sunday, but each Sunday, and be reminded of the wonder of it all. This last chapter in Matthew, God knew that his followers were shaken by what they had witnessed before their very eyes, and that any hope that they may have had of a Messiah was dashed into pieces. How about you this morning? Have you been shaken by the things you see going on in this world around you that makes you wonder what the future holds for you? Here in this passage, God lays the foundation by using the resurrection events to help build their belief and ours that Christ has risen. My hope for us this morning is that we are still amazed at all the things that Jesus has done for us, especially his death and resurrection. How significant is the death of Christ and the resurrection to you? Is it just as exciting and awesome as it was when you first believe. May our hearts and spirit be filled with joy and excitement as we examine God's word and look to our future hope in Christ. I'm going to read this scripture once more, and then we'll begin the sermon. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for the fear of him, the gods trembled and became like dead men. But the angel Jesus, who was crucified, he is not here. For he has risen, as he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly 
and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This morning, I have three points for us to look at this morning. And they are, I encourage you this morning to believe that Christ has risen. I encourage you to share the good news of the gospel. And I encourage you to rejoice because of the new life that we have in Christ. Praise be to God. Verse 1. I encourage you to believe that Christ has risen. Early one morning after the Sabbath, Mary and Mary Magdalene went to see the tomb. Listen, this is evidence, and this is the evidence that we see in the Scripture, that they had not fully understood what Jesus said in Matthew 17, 22, when he had gathered them together. And this is what he said. As they was gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered, and he will be raised on the third day. So when they come to the tomb, what were their intentions? Perhaps to prepare the body for proper burial? Because when they laid him in the tomb, they only wrapped him and just laid him in the tomb. It was too late to do anything else. Were they there to weep and to mourn for whom they loved? And that he was still in the tomb, sealed by a heavy rock. But how were they to roll away the stone? Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see in this passage how God the Father lays the groundwork for the two women and his disciples to become firm and certain in their belief. Are you certain and firm in your belief about Jesus he wanted them to be certain in their belief in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 2 through 4, here is four or more extraordinary events that God used to strengthen their faith to believe. Bear with me. Verse 2, God used the earthquake. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Earthquakes in the Bible were always connected with manifestations of the presence of God. If we look at Matthew 27, 50, 51 and 54, and about to read, if you turn to that. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtains of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split down to 54. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, now you wouldn't expect 
people that's not Christians or believers to say this, but they said, truly, this was the Son of God. So the Son of Man, they fully understood. They didn't fully understand what Jesus said in Matthew 17, 22. What was their intentions going to that tomb? It was to prepare his body for proper burial, to weep and to mourn. But church, listen. The earthquake, uh, the earth, the manifestations of the presence of God. At Sinai, the earth trembled and the mountain shook when God gave the Ten Commandments. John Trout, an English commentator, said this, an earthquake can be a sign of comfort to God's people or it can be a judgment against his enemies as in the Old Testament. Sure enough, we see it was a judgment against the enemies because the guards fell down as they were dead. The earth shook both at Christ's crucifixion and at his resurrection. That is the first event to strengthen their faith. The second event is found in verse 2 and 3, the angel who rolled away the stone. It says, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And the fear of him, the guards trembling, became like dead men. Now, who is this angel? This angel is God's messenger. And his appearance terrified the guards. The angel is a visible sign of the glory and the holiness of God. The angel sitting on the stone which sealed, which was sealed the tomb was a visible symbol of Christ's victory over his enemy and over death and the grave. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 55, and 57, it says this. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? And O death, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. That is the second event to strengthen their faith. And then the third event, believe it or not, the third event, how can that be? How can the stone itself be an event that would strengthen their faith? Number one, the stone was completely removed. The reason that the stone was removed was not to let Jesus out. When the earthquake happened and the stone it was removed so that they could look in and see that Jesus was not there because the angel said, come and see the place where he lay. Can you see what God is doing? He is laying the groundwork for a sure, confident belief in the resurrection of his son. Jesus, who cannot be held by the power of the grave, Yet, the angel allowed them to look in and have their faith strengthened as they viewed the empty tomb. Thirdly, the words that the angel spoke 
to the women to strengthen their belief. The angel of the Lord reminded them of the promise of Jesus and confronts them with the empty tomb. His every word is a summons to believe. Look back what had happened to the disciples and the two winds in the last three days. Look what they've been through. The women witnessed his crucifixion. They witnessed his burial. And his disciples went into hiding. Their faith had been shaken. They were having a hard time believing that Jesus' words would be fulfilled and what their future would have your faith been shaken I think just my life story, my life about three years ago was really shaken. My life shaken, my wife's life shaken. When it seemed like everything was good and everything was going our way, our lives was shaken. And when I mean shaken, I mean it was shaken. Everything was turned upside down. Everything I thought about what the future would look like was gone because my wife fell and lost her memory completely. She could not even remember her husband that had been with her for, at that time, 34 years. You talking about a life shaken you talking about searching your heart and see what you actually believe. You talking about searching your heart and mind and see exactly where your faith is. That's what I'm talking about. There may be something in your life now that you're going through, whatever it could be, and you may be shaken. You might have questions about Jesus and about God. Just like in this story, and this is why it's so important, just like in this story, God gave little tidbits. He gave little events to strengthen their faith. That's the same thing happened to me. When I'm thinking that all hope is gone, this woman don't even know me. I am a stranger to her. And the more I talk and try to prove it, the more she pulls away from me. No ownership of anything, no ownership of children, no ownership of the house, no ownership of anything. I'm just in your house, staying here with you. And the only reason I'm in here with you, one bit a tidbit, is because God said that you was a good man and that you would care for me. That's an event to strengthen my faith. Oh, did God really tell you that? And then she used to get up in the morning and sit at the table. I, I know you, you, don't, you don't quite understand this. It took me a long time to understand it. She sat at that table. She took a pen and she took a plain piece of paper. She was just going around and around like a little kid. Round and round and round and round and round. And I said, honey, what are you doing? She said, this is the way I feel. This is, this is the way my, my brains feel. It's so jumbled, it's so mixed. I have so many thoughts, there's so many things that I don't understand. Man, that's when, you're, that's when my faith is shaken. Then as she lays down that night, 
and she'd wake up the next morning and we sitting at the table again, seemed to be our favorite spot. And she tells me, Joe, tell me this. And she, she said, Joe, Joe, I still love it. I love it. I love the difference, Joe. She said, Joe, what is this? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green. I'm like, my mouth dropped, my eyes open, and I said, what are you talking about? She said, when I was sleeping last night and I couldn't rest, this kept coming to my mind. And then she said, and there's something else to come to my mind. Like, what is it? See, this is God putting those little events into your life to make you know that he loves you, that he cares for you, and he want to strengthen your faith. And she said, what is this? I said, oh, my gosh. Do you know that scripture? That is God's word. Trying to help you to understand what the two women saw at the tomb and while God showed these things to them, even though he wasn't even there at that time. That was another one that she, she did. So it strengthened my faith. And I knew that God was working, even through the midst of tragedy, even through the midst of disappointments, even through the midst of don't know how I'm going to survive or get through this. He gave me these things. Listen, church. The words that the angel spoke to the women is very important. The angel of the Lord reminded them of the promise of Jesus and confronted them with the empty tomb. His every word is a summons to believe. Look back what had happened to the disciples and the two women in the last three days. The women witnessed his crucifixion, his burial, and his disciples went into hiding. And their faith had been shaken. And they've been having a hard time believing that Jesus' word would be fulfilled and what their future would look like. How about you? Here is Here is how God responded to them, and this is how he will respond to you if you feel like that this morning. You know what the angel said to them? Don't be afraid. That's what he said. When we're going through hard times in our life, when we are having difficulties, maybe we have lost our jobs, or maybe we'll lose something significant to us. Jesus is saying to you, rebuke. Even though these women had not sufficiently trusted Jesus' promise that he would be raised from the dead, for God understood the love and devotion to Christ. He understood these women was faithful. Even when the disciples had deserted them and not at the cross, Mary and Mary Magdalene was there. They witnessed that earthquake. Even when he was laid in the tomb, the disciples was not there. But Mary and Mary Magdalene was there. So they witnessed that. Isn't it good that we have, as Christians, Hebrew 4.15? It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our Weaknesses. See, Jesus understands our weaknesses because he became flesh. I can't help but to say this. 
There was a great event years ago in the 60s when there was the first man to walk on the moon, right? If you wasn't old enough to witness that, I did, then I know you heard about it or read about it in history. Neil Armstrong said, one step for mankind and one giant step, right? For what? Oh, you guys don't know it? God must be very young. One step for man and one giant step for what? Mankind. Then there was another astronaut. I didn't know this. He stepped foot on the moon and he said this. The greatest thing in history is not that man stepped foot on the moon, but that Jesus Christ walked the earth. And that keep resounding in my heart, keep resounding in my mind, that God came down in the person of his son, and he walked the earth and became a man so that he could die for our sins once and for all. He not only died and suffered and took our sins upon himself, but he went to the grave. Do you think he really wanted to go to the grave? He said, Father, if it's thy will, take this cup from me. But if it's thy will, let your will be done. He could not die to conquer our problem. Our problem was with sin, and our problem was with death. If you ever witnessed death, death is never pretty. It's never beautiful. And if you be honest in your heart, you can, you can never get used to death. It's always a sting in our heart. You watch someone laying there and they're dead and their body is lifeless. Jesus did just that for us. That we might live and live our lives more abundantly. Listen. Listen, he tells the women, don't be afraid. And then in Hebrews, we know that we have a great high priest that who is in heaven. But listen, the angel said this. He says this, and it's a gentle rebuff. The angel said, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I know why you came here. You didn't come here because you thought that he has risen from the dead. You came here to seek him who was crucified, and you've seen him being laid in the tomb. But listen, I got great news for you. I got good news for you. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. He reminds them of God's word. Then he says, come see the place where he lay. And then visitation of Jesus himself. He confirmed the reality of the resurrection. Wonder why Jesus allowed all these things to precede him meeting the ladies. Because he wanted them to believe. He wanted them to trust in his word. He wanted them to trust in what he had 
told them. So now he comes. It says, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. You can never meet Jesus and stay the same. You too will feel compelled to worship him. Jesus tells them the same as the angel, and that is very peculiar. In verse 10, he tells them the same thing the angel told them. Don't be afraid, but a little bit different than go and tell my brothers. Not go and tell my disciples, but go and tell my brothers. Because of the resurrection, I have become their big brother. Because I am God and I am man. And when you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he becomes your brother in Christ. And then he tells them, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. The promise Jesus had made in Matthew 26, 32. These small events were a way for God to build a sure foundation and proclamation and it, the resurrection is the center of Christian proclamation, and it is our only hope in this life. 1 Corinthians 15, 17, 19, it goes like this. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins, for those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most pitied. God want you to believe. In Romans 1.9, God says this. And just before 1.9, I want to read in 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. This is what we're doing. We're proclaiming the word of God. This is what the angel did. Proclaim the word. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Church this morning, the results of the resurrection is our future hope. Yes, but we also benefit now as believers in Christ. We can say, as Paul said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I encourage you to believe that Christ has risen. And if you believe this morning that Christ has risen, I want to take you to the second point. I encourage you to share the good news of the gospel. Then in verse 7 we, say, we see, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. The angels tell them to go see him. The disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you in Galilee. Then you will see him, I have told you. When they had discovered the fact that Christ had been raised from the dead, their first duty was to proclaim it and share it with others. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 and 19, go and make disciples 
of all nations. So I encourage you to share the good news of the gospel. I encourage you to share the good news that he came to save us from our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sin in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And then lastly, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The good news that he can change your life, Ephesians 2.4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, he has done something for us. He has made us alive together with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The good news that we have eternal life in Christ now, not later, but right now. Our favorite scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in John 5.13, he wants you to know this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. I encourage you to rejoice because of the new life we have in Christ. Verse 8 says, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. The fact that they were going to tell the disciples that they could see him in Galilee filled them with fear and great joy. So on their way, out of all the excitement, all the fear, on their way they met Jesus as they obeyed the command to tell the good news of the resurrection. Verse 9 says, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. That's one uh, rend rendering of the word, the Greek word, charik. When the women's, when the women's met, when Christ met the women's, he greeted them with the word charik, which is the normal word for rejoice. To these, what else could Jesus say to these women? What else could he do other than tell them to rejoice? And they came up, and they took hold of his feet, and they worshiped him. When the women met Jesus, they felt compelled to worship him. An hour before, they thought all was lost because they thought Jesus was dead. Now they can rejoice and worship to the fact that he was alive. Church, this is why we should rejoice in the fact that we can live a resur resurrected life through Christ. In Romans, in the book of Romans 8, 34, here's what it tells us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine our nakedness, our danger, our sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. 
No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything in Christ Jesus. Church, what shall we do while we wait for our change? What shall we do as we wait for our change? Here's what we need to do. Verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. For those who believe this morning, I encourage you to believe that he is risen. I encourage you to share the good news about Christ. And I encourage you to rejoice of the new life that we have in him. But for those of you who might not know the risen Savior, you can know him. You can know him. Maybe you're still in your sins and you have the fear of death. I'm here to tell you this morning that he is risen. He says in John 3.18, whosoever believe in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not in him is condemned already because he hath not believed in the begotten Son of God. The old hymn, because he lived, I can face tomorrow. Because he lived, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, my life is worth the living just because he lived. As we commune together, we look forward. Our future hope is to be together with the Lord Jesus face to face. In Matthew 26, 26 through 29, this is what the Lord tells his disciples. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. As we partake communion, let us pray and look to our God who was raised from the dead. Jesus Christ, our only hope. After I pray, you can begin to take communion when you are ready. God, we thank you for the truth of your word, and we ask 
that you help us to live it out in the way that we live our lives. God, thank you for the resurrection of Christ. Thank you for his death and his burial. Thank you, Lord, that we have eternal life through him and that now that he is gone into the heavens to intercede on our behalf because he knows our weaknesses. He knows, Lord, from time to time that we will be shaken in our faith and in our belief. And he is there on our behalf for that. And we give you all praise in Jesus' name.